Next Chapter Podcasts. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through. So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The king of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.M. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end The song is Aqualung by Jethro Tull from his record Aqualung from 1971. It's 337 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What is up, uh, Fleece Army? All the people that came out to the St. Charles Funny Bone, I can't thank you enough. I love you. But shout out Dave Steiner, man, he opened up to me and said some of the sweetest things ever at one of the shows at St. Charles. I mean this to everybody, to Michael, Anthony, my opener, to all the staff at the St. Charles Funny Bone. You guys were great. I love you. Thank you so much. Uh, David, dude, you rule, man. Keep making that art and I'll keep making this podcast. All right. Join our Patreon. There's a link somewhere to it. You should join it. All right. We got two guests today. Because we did this one live at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. We have Big Jay Okerson for the first half. And then we have a surprise. The Sklar Brothers show up midway through. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500 and listen free on all platforms. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. JoshAdamMyers.com for tickets, guys. I'll be in Vancouver New Year's Eve. And then Texas in January. And then a bunch of other shit coming up in 2022. I can't believe we're there. 500 podcast at gmail.com is our email. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Here we go, y'all. Aqualung. Holy shit. Completely sold out. I can't believe this. This, there's so much. This is standing room. Standing room only for Jethro Tull. Of all albums, I didn't think we would get 
700 people in a room this size. Dude, Fleece Army at home, I wish you could see this right now. This is so packed. Everybody here, though, is mute and deaf. So they have no idea what I'm saying. Uh, what's up, guys? You guys, everybody looks good. I love the cowboy hats. Fuck yeah, dude. Are you with them? Because you don't fit into that group, dude. <laughs> you look like the guy, like, they're the bukkake. You're the guy masturbating in the corner. <laughs> Just playing with your fiddle-faddle. You know what I'm saying. Danielle, good to see you, darling. Um, guys, uh, thank you for coming out. This is the 500 Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Adam Myers. Uh, if you don't know what this podcast is, I feel like most of you probably do, or you're probably just a fan of Big J. Either way, uh, I don't give a shit. This is, uh, so I, I'm doing a podcast. I'm going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. Uh, we are at number 337. Uh, we're skipping ahead a little bit because I wanted to pull out a record. I guess I, I guess the best way to start this is like I always kind of looked at Jethro Tull as a band that I would fucking hate. <laughs> right? There's something about the pan flute that sucks balls. You know, I remember I used to watch those commercials as a little kid uh, where they'd have the pan flute melodies and you'd be like, this is the lamest shit. Oh, there's a band that that's their whole thing is pan flute? Well, keep that shit away from me. But uh, being that it's on the list, I was like, well, I really, I, of course I have to listen to it. And I gave it at least seven, eight, nine listens. And before I get into my review of it, I just want to bring up your guest. Uh, we do have some special guests that are going to be dropping in as well. Uh, I'll just spoil it to you. It's, uh, we have Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby coming by. And Bill, and Bill Cosby. You guys are fucking idiots, by the way. Holy shit, you guys are dumb. You guys are fucking dumb. Did you see that reaction? Dude, they shit themselves. Of course. You weren't clapping for Bill Cosby? Jethro Tull with the pan flute and doodly. You fucking lost your shit, but lose your shit for this guest because he's one third of Legion of Skanks. He's one half of the bonfire. One of my best friends. Give it up for Big J Okerson, guys. Come on. <laughs> Sitting on his tin can. can, can, can. Fire burning in your hand. Can, 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 can. Sold out house, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> Dude, you should have seen how she lost it. Her and him fucking shit themselves when I said Louis C.K. They screamed so loud they didn't hear that I said Bill Cosby. I could have said like Timothy McVeigh and you would have been like, fuck yeah! Louis C.K. and the Oklahoma City Bomber? <laughs> oh man, Louis would have really felt much worse about this audience size than I do. <laughs> I remember years of this. It sold out, dude. Fuck yeah. I said I only wanted 18 people here. Because I said that's how many people actually know who Jethro Tull is. How many people actually know who Jethro Tull is in here? Really? Who? who and then, well, I was going to say who listens to the podcast, but I don't want to be that disappointed. <laughs> be... You keep saying it in a certain way that I think... You know that he's not called Jethro Tull, right? Yeah, of course. I know that... Okay. 
But uh, like I know that the band is Ian Anderson, yes, David Goodyear, John O'Hara, okay, Scott Hammond, oh yeah, yeah, and Joe Parrish, classic Joey. Um, <laughs> I didn't know any of those other names besides Ian Anderson, but I will tell you this: as the guy was supposed to get the research, it's not a pan flute. He just plays the regular flute. No, it's a. It's, no, it's a, not. He's not a wood nymph. Are you sure about this? Let me let me yeah. check this out. A pan flute. He plays the flute. It's on the cover of the album. Let me check this out right Look now. Up original Masters album. He's holding the flute. Oh shit! You're right. But he sticks his leg up in such a dainty way when he plays. It's very pan flute style. There's no such thing as pan flute style. It's only played by minotaurs and shit. <laughs> so, all right, so let's get, let's get into this because, so I don't know if you guys, you, of course, we all know Big J. Ogerson. He look at him and you're like, this dude's rock and roll. He's heavy metal. I mean, we're going to see Corn on Tuesday. It's not wrong. We're going to see Slipknot on October 10th. Nice. We're going to see Billy Joel Ooh. in November. Yeah. And if you've ever seen Big J at the goddamn Comedy Jam, you know, Jay, you, you have probably the most eclectic mix of songs that anybody's done. He's done everything from Pantera to Toto's Africa. It's true. Baker Street. Did Baker Street, <laughs> the most selfless act most selfless in goddamn act. Comedy Jam history. history. Can, can you get, uh, okay, what is my, my sound girl's name? I apologize. Palmer. Palmer, can you get uh, the sax solo from Baker Street by uh, Jerry Rafferty? Is that what the band is? No, that's his name, actually. <laughs> Jethro Tull's the band name. Jerry Rafferty's a guy. Well, that he, did, he did Baker Street, though, right? Yes. Give us a little bit of that. You know the band he was in before he went solo? Wasn't he in uh, the one stuck in the middle of you? Steeler's Wheel. Steeler's Wheel. So, so, yeah, skip ahead just a little bit. Get to this. Hey. Let's just, let's just turn the lights off and start fucking each other, right? This is, this is weird 70s sex music. All right, cut it off. So you've listened, so since I've known you, this is what I love about Jay, is that you have such an eclectic mix of music that you enjoy. Uh, one of the styles, and I know if you listen to Bonfire, you obviously know that he is really into like soft seventies rock. Um, oh yeah. But this, like, I wouldn't even call like this is more like progressive. I would call this With more Jethro Tull. one hundred percent is progressive like rock and roll. It's so fucking, yeah, it's like fable rock. Yeah, it's it's very. This is like quest music. Yeah, like yeah. like if you. I've got to... my belongings in a satchel. <laughs> Four guys on the trail of tears <laughs> through the wilderness pears. A quiver of arrows and a cloak. <laughs> Three witches stand still <laughs> while the guys have such will. Answer the troll's riddle and cross the bridge. <laughs> How'd you get into this? Jethro Tull? Yeah, how'd that start? Oh, it's just a genre. The vibe of the music. It's very, uh, I put this in my category of rock music of uh, songs I want to listen to while I smoke a very small end of a joint with some sort of like the scissors. <laughs> the hemostats. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do that to you. Like, 
dude. I go, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. Shared this poster with me. This is definitely blacklight music. This <laughs> yeah. is 100% blacklight Sam Goody poster music. Yeah, a lot of their songs have train sound effects. This is a very cool 70s vibe. Makes me think of uh, girls with banana titties and bush. <laughs> But how did you get into it? I mean, like... Banana titties and bush? Uh, <laughs> uh, probably my mom, honestly. And then she'd let me, uh, you know, I'd look for her in women's locker rooms and then see the other banana titties and bushes. It was a time thing. <laughs> so what did this, what did the banana titties yeah, and bushes... I was 18, I'm sure. Things make me make think of bald pussies and little perky titties. So when did banana titties, bush, and Jethro Toll make their way into your life then? <sighs> I'm going to call that about 12, 13 years old, honestly. Yeah, yeah, Also, it's the kind of music... So funny to give a real answer after all that titty bush thing, but uh, this was the kind of music that I, I'd hear like in the background of life when I'd be with my dad, the little bit that I'd see my dad, yeah, and hang with him. So I think I listened to this like this and Bowie were music I listened to because I was like, Dad said it was pretty cool, like Pink Floyd, yeah, yeah, shit yeah, like that. So yeah. those, I got into those for that. And then my yeah. mom was just top forty radio, so I'd go from like Pink Floyd and trying to you know. Listen to those lyrics and then be like, I'm burning up, burning up together. <laughs> and I'm just jamming the boat. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> One thing it's just the pan flute, and then the next thing it's a sailing <laughs> takes me away to where. This is, so this is back. This is back of the car music for you. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of it's back of the car music. What did your dad do? Because I remember you, you. I mean, you talk about him, but like for a living. Yeah. Is he like, a cool guy? Yeah, he's fine. He's like. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah, he's a charming dude. Not a great dad, but charming dude. But he uh, he tests underground diesel tanks for leaks. Yeah. That is the most Philadelphia profession I've ever heard in my life. Weirdly enough, it's what moved him to Ohio. <laughs> uh, that job. Uh, yeah, it's like an environmental job. I think it's just like, you know, he's like a... He doesn't have like a high school diploma, so it's like a grunt job that like that guy can do and survive, I guess. And you'll need a lot of money to live in Canton, Ohio. No, not at all. Yeah, every place has fucking ten cent rib night. I always say Ohio is just a shittier Pennsylvania. You're not wrong, dude. It really is. It's just like everything that, that is cool about Pennsylvania, Ohio doesn't have, yeah. but all the things that are shitty about Pennsylvania, yes. Ohio has tenfold. Yeah. You're going to have rural and no Wawa? Fuck <laughs> yeah, you. fuck you. Fuck if you. I can't get an apple fritter at 3 a.m., suck my pan flute. Fuck you. <laughs> suck my pan flute. So then, what did, so then what did, you know, what did you connect about this record? I know you said you like the Quest stuff, but it's this is such an awkward record, especially from, you know, some of the music that I described that it's you listen cool. to. It's, it, it's undeniably cool music. Does you think it's sense? Really? Oh, yeah. This album, for sure. Have you heard you anything know, else by them? Or? Oh, yeah. It's garbage. Like thick as a brick. It really is like fucking fairy music. Can you get... I don't mean gay. I mean like people dressed as fairies running around the wood. It's nonsense music. Harp, can you get uh, Thick as a Brick by Jethro Tull? I've never heard that song, so I want to hear how that... I want to hear fairy music. But Aqualung, it's like, like Cream, like that band. Like You play that lad out of a window, and even black people are going to be like... All right. Oh, you didn't. She didn't pay, dude. Dude, the Creek in the Cave doesn't pay for the Spotify Premium. Uh, Holy shit! 
You, you broke motherfuckers. I know the pandemic was hard, but I didn't realize it was not nine ninety nine a month hard. Dude, whenever, whenever we go to other comedians' houses, and oh, we yeah, watch something on YouTube, and a commercial comes on, you just go, oh, sorry, bad luck, dude. Oh, sorry, things aren't going good. Yeah, dude. man. Yikes! You I'll do- wait fifteen seconds. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't want to hear about the new Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> Here we go. But you need shoes the And off the gray. <laughs> there is a fairy up in the clouds, flying high with his emerald eye. My sword was forged in the fires of hell. <laughs> All right, you could. It's pan flute. It's horrible. That might be pan flute. That's straight pan flute, dude. Uh, straight PF. But this uh, album, it's like grungy. It's like dirty sounding, you know what I mean? Yeah, sludgy. So like that's why things awesome about it. So so for me, kind of you know I I thought it was all gonna be like that, like whatever we just listened to. Yeah. Right? What's that song called? Hammers and nails. Thick as a brick. Okay, I was close. I thought it was gonna all sound like that. I literally thought this was gonna be the Lord of the Rings in musical form, and I avoided it. My like literally my whole life. Like I, I honest to God, never put on Jethro Tull. And then it was a void. It makes it like you walk into a room and like and you went goodbye. I'm good. I'm out. Josh, Josh, but no, no. I made a promise to myself. This is what I'm keeping. When I come back in here, there better be some Wu Tang playing. Okay. (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. You guys aren't gonna trick me again. Nope. No, I, I wouldn't. And it's not even a matter that I disliked that style of music. I just, you know, it's I just kept like such blinders on, and I was like, yeah, it's gonna be lame, you know, because I saw Ian in those shots with his leg up playing. That shit's fucking lame, bro. I'm a, I like rock, dude. Yeah. I like, I like Tommy Lee snorting coke off Nikki Six's dick rock. Do you watch? You sure? I mean, really? That's it, though. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you gotta watch, like, uh... <laughs> what was the anybody remember what the Rolling Stones movie was with all the band the something circus was called Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus maybe it was called 
It's from the seventies, but you watch this like their performance now. He was wild, dude. Andy Anderson was like pretty weird and, and crazy on stage. It was good. He was a good rock star, but then he put his leg up and played that flute. But it, it, for some reason on the Aqualung album, it just works. Like and it I, works and very I, well. And to go off what you're saying, hundred percent. That's that was my first impression of this. I mean, right from the first track. I, I mean, it's just the opening is just it's such a good riff. Yeah, I mean, listen to this shit, dude. Like, this is how I'm, in a sense, being introduced to the band. And immediately you're like, oh, this is not, I mean, it's mythical, but this quest I want to go on. Take me with This is mythical. I think it's about a pedophile. Yeah, so so what do you keep saying that? You keep saying that. So So talk about what you actually know, and then I'll give you the real description of what it is. It, says, it describes a creepy guy. And they call him Aqualung because he probably breathes like. <laughs> Snot is running down his down his nose. Five little girls with patterned panties. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. The, these opening lyrics. I know here. what you're thinking, Josh. At least he's not gay. But that's not what you're supposed to say these days. <laughs> it's 2021, dude. <laughs> Sitting on a park bench, eyeing little girls with bad intents, not running down his nose, greasy. It's bad intents? Eyeing little girls with bad intent. What did you think it was? He doesn't say five little girls with patterned panties? That's coming up. He does say that. That's coming up. Oh, God. I was going to say, I'm a pedophile. <laughs> Plug that in. <laughs> Please, God, say that he says five girls with patterned panties. <laughs> Greasy fingers, smearing shabby clothes. Hey, Aqualung, drying in the cold sun. Here's your line. Watching as the frilly panties run. That still makes me sound bad. <laughs> I put a lot on that. So, yeah, so I guess this is, let me, let me hear, let's read actually what this record is about. All right, so first of all, let me tell you a little bit about, you guys want to know about Jethro Toll before we get into it? I'll give you a little history on Jethro. It's the name of a farm? <clears throat> So they're British. That explains everything. Uh, they're formed in Blackpool, England in 67. Initially a blues rock and jazz fusion band. They incorporated elements of classical music, hard rock, and folk, and are considered to be one of the first big prog rock bands. Ian Anderson on lead vocals, acoustic guitar, and flutist. Is it flutist or flautist? Flout. It is flout. Guys, Louis C.K., <laughs> he plays the flout. Um, is, he's the primary composer of Jethro Tull, with the band having numerous members at various points in JT's career. Uh, electric guitarist Martin Barr was the longest serving after Ian. So they had a bunch of success on the club scene. They released their first record in 68 called This Was. After doing some touring and opening for acts like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin, ooh, they released their second record, Stand Up, in 69. Stand Up was their first commercially successful album and leaned more towards folk. This led to their first headlining tour in the United States, which was followed by the recording and release of today's record. <clears throat> so, this came out in 1971. This is the fourth record. It's also the band's best-selling album. Uh, it sold over 7 million units worldwide. Uh, the success of the album was a seminal moment for the band as they became major radio and touring acts after this release, which is weird because I don't I, like. Are there any singles? Like, what's the singles off Aqualung of this? And locomotive. No, I don't. I, I don't think Aqualung because Definitely. of the, 
Of the subject matter, no. Here, we'll get to that. Let's get, let's, let me finish this, then we'll get to that. So it's recorded in 1970 in London. Uh, features more acoustic material than the previous records. It was the first album from bassist Jeffrey Hammond, uh, who replaced uh, Glenn Cornick, who partied too much for the band, as the rest of the members were reclusive. Uh, Damn, it's got to be the, suck to be the one partier in a band. I know, dude. What a shit fucking thing. <laughs> you guys want to hit know, this joint? Enough, we said things. No. <laughs> well, you know, it was hilarious. When I, uh, when I was out with Korn, the drummer was new in the band, and he drank a little. Not much, didn't smoke weird. He just drank a little wine was what he drank. But I mean, how ostracized and alone he was. Like Everybody else is either stone sober or Bible-thumping religious in the band. <laughs> so he'd, walk in, he'd be outside drinking a glass of wine while I was smoking. We'd talk. I go, why you can't just hang on your bus and smoke? You like Bible study going on? <laughs> like Bible studies on the bus? What like Jonathan Davis is no, into like? No, no, the other guy. Like, yeah, the, I don't think the bass, I don't think the bass player. I don't think Jonathan Davis is a super religious when he's playing out of a like a, a cyclone titty microphone. Ah, that's different. That's a <laughs> that's an H.R. Geiger microphone. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And do we all know who H.R. Geiger is? He's the guy that designed the Xenomorph from Alien. one of the greatest franchises of all time. Alien. I mean, we said it. You guys. Three I was times. I said it up here three times. I know. Then they still were like, huh? The alien. The guy who made Alien? Aliens. Like, like what? Anaconda? <laughs> Uh, it was the first time keyboardist John Evan was a full-time member. It was the last album for drummer Clive Bunker, who left the band to start a family shortly uh, after the Bunk. release. I know, dude. Not to be confused by with Clive. Bunk, Bunk always wanted to be a family man, though. He held true to his word. Always. Ian Anderson says his main inspirations for this album were Roy Harper, who's an English folk singer, guitarist, and Bert... Pedophile? Okay. And okay. Bert Jonch, a Scottish folk singer, guitarist. Uh... So this was the first uh, Jethro Tull album to reach top 10, excuse me, in the U.S., peaking at number seven, number four in the U.K., received gold status, so that's a million sales, approximately three months after its release. Let me see if I got... If we get into what Aqualung is, I'll be able to explain more about the, uh, the pedophile shit. But so, what, so, so like when you listen to this record now... Like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, how do you feel? Like, what does it do for you? Is it something that you listen to a lot? It's funny enough, it is recently, because uh, Ari Shafir bought me a record player because he was into records for a minute. And he was like, everyone should be in the records. So he got me a record player. <laughs> and then he took me to a record place so we could go buy records together. It was fun. And uh, one of them was uh, Aqualung I bought. And I put it on when I got home to show Ari that we use the record player. <laughs> and then that's just the record that's always on there. <laughs> so when Ari's coming over, I whack go on the machine and it just starts playing Aqualong again. <laughs> I've never put a different record on it ever. As we sit here right now, back home in New York, Aqualung is on my record player right now. Aqualung is ready to ready go. To roll. Aqualung stays ready. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's just dive into the record then. Uh, so the first track is Aqualung. We already played the opening. Uh, I wrote the song is awesome until you realize really what it is about. Uh, so Ian Anderson, uh, on writing this song, the idea came about 
from a photograph my wife at the time took of a tramp in London. I had feelings of guilt about the homeless as well as fear and insecurity with people like that who seem a little scary. And I suppose all of that was combined with slightly romanticized picture of the person who is homeless but yet a free spirit who either won't or can't join in society's prescribed formats. Like not fucking children. Like not fucking children. So from that photograph of those sediments, I began writing the words to Aqualung. I can remember sitting in a hotel room in L.A., working out the chord structure for the verses. It's quite a tortured tangle of chords. That's true. Uh, But it was meant to really drag you here and there and then set you down into more gentle acoustic section of the song. Now, that is something that I did notice about this opening is that it comes out, like you said, grungy. But then it does have these like very beautiful moments in it. Uh, and it is telling, you know, a fucking... Like this, I found this to be really interesting. So this wasn't released as a single. Uh, because, as Ian explains, it was too long, it was too episodic. It starts off with a loud guitar riff, then goes into a rather more laid-back acoustic stuff. And Led Zeppelin at the time, they didn't release any singles. It was albums, tracks. He went on to say that shorter, more upbeat songs were what stations and labels wanted, and this track really doesn't fit that bill on either account. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you said this. You thought this was a single. That's what I have to say about it. I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) You just read a long paragraph that says it's wrong. (laughs) What are my thoughts on it? I don't know. Then I had bad information. It was on the radio. I always considered that a single. Well, now, now it's on the radio. Right. Sure. It was when it came out, it wasn't. But I heard Locomotive Breath, radio first time. Cross-Eyed Mary, radio first time. And that's all three on this album. Now, this is a good song. Hold on. Let me see if I got more stuff on it. Uh, the lyrics compare the tramp's unhealthy breathing to deep-sea diver sounds, and that's why they refer to the actual Aqualung device. What is an Aqualung? Do you know what it is, or I'm going to look it up? I I've... thought it was a fat person breathing heavy. <laughs> Does anybody in the audience know what an aqua lung is? What do you think it is? Oh! Oh my God! Joining us, Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby! All right, they wanted to be touched, okay? How bad is it that Bill Cosby sucks so badly he actually ruined the colorful sweater? <laughs> Guys, from Dumb People Town, the one and only Scalar Brothers. Hey, thank you. Come on, you guys. All right, what's an aqualung? Aqualung is what you put your dog into when it can't breathe. <laughs> no, but someone said, Jay, didn't you like work with someone at a gas station who once said that Jethro Tull really, in, in concert, he was at a show where De- Jethro Tull released 100 dogs on stage. Like, what a fucking dumb idea. I, I, I don't think it was dogs, I think it was doves, but still, that's close. Either's dumb. Either is dumb. Either is dumb. Uh, either That's like magician shit, to just release doves Aqualung into the Aqualung is a guy who only breathes on water. So it's a portable breathing apparatus for divers consisting of cylinders with compressed air strapped on the diver's back, feeding air automatically through a mask or mouthpiece. What does that have to do with a guy jerking off on a park bench? <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, you guys were actually the two dudes that actually sent me 
a song by this is before I was into Jethro Tull. Oh my so God. so like so you guys are actually fans. Well, Josh, you told me I think it was last time we were in Montreal together at the festival. I said something about doing a Jethro Tull song, and you were like, I never got into them, and I was like, what? I go not even I... like the good songs, and he was like. Locomotive Breath is a great song. Locomotive yeah. Breath, I know because they play that during the uh, funeral scene uh, from Fargo season two uh, right. at the Gerhardt funeral. And Did I love that. Him Hymn 43 was the song they played. Hymn 43 is so No, it was, it was Locomotive Breath. Okay. But that, I didn't, when I was listening to it on this pass, I was like, holy shit, I think this is from... Because I was just re-watching Fargo during the pandemic. Damn, what a millennial thing to think. <laughs> well, no, I told, like I oh, said... Oh, I know that song. It's from the show Fargo. Exactly. Right. No, Not I, the movie Fargo. <laughs> the show Fargo, based on the movie, based on a book. I, I never... No, I, no one cool until now... Like ever really introduced me to the band, so I just never Dude, put I on. Dude, I sent Jethro. you him forty three, and I was like, "This song is a banger." I listened to it. It's on this. It's on this. It's song. on this, and I listened to it, and I liked it. But I just can dude, we I was, play it? Can we play a little bit? All of right, it? let's get uh, Harper Wait. play a little bit of him forty three. It's such a play it here. Actually, do this because I got the time code that I want play. Play. Where is it? Oh, perfect. Play. Uh, no, just play some of it. Can I didn't actually watch you go through your emails, <laughs> Then we can watch you reorganize your sock drawer here at the festival. This shit fucking slaps, dude. Dude, you gotta see this police army at home. Everybody's dancing. They're making out. Titties just came out. Guys, easy. There's regulations. The fire marshal's gonna come. Please. So wait, how did you guys get into Jethro Tull? So, and then this record. We're of the age where Aqualung was always a song that was in the top 10 songs of the top 500 classic rock songs that were counted down every Memorial Day weekend. What better way So we What had, better way to honor all the troops that have died than to got, on Memorial a, Day than a guy jerking off on a char- park bench to an underage girl. So no, the, yeah, right. They were underage, right? Underage girls. Okay, so, good. But I keep the, thinking I'm. I think I keep thinking I'm projecting pedophile onto this guy. No, you were right. You were. No, you, you were dead were right. Pro- so yeah, we. So we had this great classic rock station in St. Louis called KC95. We used to do an old bit about it. KC95. We're gonna tell your boss to fuck off, and then we're gonna, <laughs> and then we're gonna tell him it's from you, cause it's the weekend all, all weekend, weekend long. long. <laughs> the fuck. So uh, it's. That station was like what we listened to, like as kids, and so we just listened to classic rock all the time, and we grew up on that. And you know, Jethro Tull was like in the mix of Jethro Tull. How baller was it that they were like, "We're going to be a rock band, but our featured solo instrument is a flute." Flute. (laughs) That's like saying we're going to be a heavy metal band, but we're going to do a triangle solo. Are we cool with that? And it worked. But but that's what Metallica did when they went the full orchestra. (laughs) You know what would really turn up Master of Puppets? A piccolo. If you you watch that Rolling Stones rock and roll circus thing, though, he 
plays the flute like he's shredding a guitar solo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He like oh, turns his head sideways and goes, it's <laughs> wacky. God, I wish we had a projector right now so we could just watch an extended flute song. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like Todd Berry's old bit about, what did he have, like Guns N' Roses? Guns N' Roses added an orchestra, and the orchestra had sheet music. He's like, yeah, this the orchestra. The orchestra needs sheet music for this song. Wait a second, it's A, and then it's all the way over to C, and then it's back to A again, page turn. Todd Berry, great Todd Berry bit. So this is so this so this is in in your repertoire of music. This totally, is something that you totally. listen to all the time. So totally. Locom- locomotive breath was a song that we heard a lot. Growing. Aqualung too was a song that we heard. But locomotive but then breath, like bungle in the jungle, the teacher, all these songs were like yeah. that came from another like the greatest hits. Like those are great. Uh, slip sliding away or skating away, skating away. That falls into the. The wood nymph shit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, very it's definitely very. Skating away on the thin ice of a new day. But, but then, but let's 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 talk about just the title track. Is that what we were on right there? Which is Aqualung. So this is about basically a pedophile. So right. I wanted to ask you guys, being that you're both St. Louis, Philadelphia, and I'm from Baltimore, D.C. area, have you guys ever? Or did you have like an Aqualung type character in, in your neighborhoods? Lives? Um, no, actually, the guy who did creepy uh, pedo <laughs> shit in my neighborhood was uh, well-received. Just a really, like, <laughs> when he finally went down, people were almost like, ah, come on. Come on. The guy didn't force anyone to do anything. He just offered a couple bucks. His, uh, lawn, his lawn Uncle is Eddie. It was nice. a big story. Remember Uncle Eddie? Yeah. In Pennsylvania? Uncle oh, Eddie. I don't Philadelphia. Know. Uncle Eddie was the guy that you, uh, he would buy, at least he would buy your underwear. Yeah. Okay. You Fair. could go to his place and pee and shit in front of him. He'd give you a certain money for that. And he'd ask you if you would do gay sexual stuff with him. And if you said no, he would just give you your money and you'd be on your way. That's People so used nice. it like an ATM. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys want to go to the mall or whatever? He goes, yeah, well, let's go. I'll go Quick whack off in front of Eddie. He'll give us 100 bucks. I got to make a deposit. <laughs> yeah. People were very upset when he got arrested. I, <laughs> I... Never had the pleasure. Weirdly enough, not confident enough, thought he wouldn't want me. Oh, Jay, come on, man. Don't sell yourself short, dude. So, well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Like, who wants these I can't underwear? believe we got him here. Uncle Give it up for Uncle Eddie. Uncle Eddie. Gang, gang, get in there. Gang, gang. Waka, 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 waka. Gang, gang, gang. What about you guys? So we had a we had a history teacher, Mister. Can we don't, say it? You, I don't think you can. I say think it. we can. You do not want to get sued. I don't care. I think this guy. <laughs> he used to like. I mean, we every time you'd see him in the hallway, there'd be. Like, first of all, he was like the coach of the water polo team. The I'm boys' like, water polo. I was like, team. you've wow. never been in a pool in your life. Okay, <laughs> you're just. Around boys and speedos. And Number two, every book report was a one-on-one book report with him. He does. <laughs> and he just, you'd see him in the hallway and he'd have his like hand on the back of like a boy's head and like pulling him down towards him. And we're just like, wait, I don't want to do an oral book report. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do anything oral with, with you. <laughs> Hurry up, boys. I got to get, I'm coaching boy soup in a little bit. <laughs> It's like, you don't, you don't want to coach the women's volleyball team? And he's like, no, no way. No, absolutely no, no. not. So, Ew. 
I he think, says ew. Gross. Ew. ew gross. Disgusting. He literally said gross. <laughs> so I think that guy was like a teacher at our school, and he kind of like was kind of hiding in plain sight. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, it's no. amazing that no one said anything. I feel like, but back then they wouldn't. Like today, you would just be like, yeah, he's that guy. 100%. Get him out. Fucking wimps. Yeah. We had a uh, we had, there was a guy that was a teacher at my mom's elementary school, Ronald McNair, and he was mm-hmm. he wasn't like creepy. He was just like a really good teacher. And then I remember. Remember, he be also became like the camp counselor during the summer, like the lead director of this camp yep. that I worked at. And then, but there was something off about him. Yep. He was just really good with the kids. Really and good then, with the kids. And then he got busted. He got busted, uh, like, like basically peeking into bathroom, like... Like like holes or whatever while at a, like a baseball game yeah. at like the Frederick Keys, which is not even it's not even like MLB. He's doing right. this at Triple A. Yeah, yeah. So you could get away with that shit. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and he got arrested. His dad was like the sheriff or like the head guy of the police. There was a whole thing in our of town. Now, but I but I never had you know it was that we didn't have like an Uncle Eddie. We didn't have like uh, Mister. I can't say his name because you want to say his name for sure. I don't know. Go for it. No. Go for it. I mean, look at the live audience. How many people do you think are listening at home? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Blaha. Mr. Blaha was his name. Rick Blaha. (laughs) Dude, that broke my heart. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm I'm kidding. I'm sorry that Spotify dropped the show. No, don't stop it. You're beautiful and you're great. You are. Yeah, this is a joy. I thought we were having a good hammock up at the crowd. Yeah, come on. We're amping them up. <laughs> no, that's fine. I do. We're completely sold out right now. That's why That's why we put it that way. We right. laugh. Well, we except laugh. for the arrest. It got a little violent here a bit ago when we were playing him 43. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. So, so, so then, so what stands out to you more about this record, guys? Is it the lyrics or the music? Like, what is what's drawing you the in? Music to me. The music. So I think it's the music. But when he. When they set out to do Aqualung, you they were it was that era of uh, classic rock where they were like, we're gonna make an opus, we're gonna make a I don't know how long is it six thirty yeah they were gonna do like three parts to this song so there's like a weird thing where we're gonna record the vocals basically in a conch shell and that's the beginning you <laughs> which know was I mean? like a precursor to like the Strokes like yeah. it was very much like very processed vocals yeah. Julian Casablanca is paying close attention to what he's doing to how long well, how long's the track the uh, Aqualung yeah six thirty Aqualung- Say 541. Is, so, I, wait, what do you got? I say 630. He says 541. How long do you got? I think it is. Six, one dollar. 
<laughs> it's uh, Jay was right. It's six thirty-four. Wow. So pretty close. Yeah. So you know, obviously, like that was a time when they're like, we don't care that we're doing a six-minute song, six and a half-minute song. You're gonna play it on the radio because but that's there were what... so many movements on the song. So at the beginning, you've got the beginning, and then it like picks up this weird thing where he's like, "Do you still remember a December's fucking freeze?" And he's like, goes into this other like part that's of the such song. a beautiful part of the song it's too. So it really it's is. And then it comes. Jewish song. We're suddenly, I mean, it literally sounds like the end of Yom Kippur services. <laughs> and that's, and so like he had all these like movements in it and you could do that in a song. It was kind of like that great time in the 70s when there were like people making movies the way they wanted to make them and music the way they wanted to make them and just kind of they were auteurs so to speak and that's what that's what turned me on about this yeah i think this is i think the length of this song and i also think the subject matter is is why at the time that it probably wasn't uh, a radio hit but i can see why now you know 2030 i mean this came out fucking in 19 19- but i'm telling you in the early 80s so this came out like in 70 what 71 71 so in the early 80s 10 years later this was the song that was on the list like classic said, rock yeah every memorial day they do the top 500 songs and it was like you know it'd be a who song it would be layla it'd be this song yeah and like all those songs would be the top 10 yeah, you know, 100%. Yes, like always a, playing in a mechanic's garage. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely carburetor music. So come back in like two days when it's ready. This is wiping uh, oil off an auto part music. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. To, let's talk about Cross-Eyed Mary because this is another great song on the record. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorites, uh, if not my favorite song. Uh, this has, uh, so after a dope pan flute solo this shit kicks in harper play one minute in on cross-eyed mary yeah. did you call her harper yeah wasn't palmer. it palmer palmer palmer, palmer. i love the fucking organ on this dude that's also references aqualung in this song yeah so, I right, kill it. So, this song is about a schoolgirl prostitute yep. who prefers the company of dirty old men over her schoolmates. It was intended as a companion piece to Aqualung, and the Aqualung character is given a cameo in the track, right. uh, in the lyrics. <laughs> cameo. <laughs> Maybe her attention. <laughs> he flashes his dick to everyone. Gets no kicks from little boys. Would rather make it with a leching gray. Or maybe her attention is drawn by Aqualung, who watches through the railings as they play, just like the dude in at your my school. school, Mr. McNair. But maybe. I'll say this: I can't believe Aqualung's on cameo with Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> That's amazing. You can for, ask him to deliver a birthday for 50, message. Uh, for like, have a great company retreat. <laughs> thoughts, <laughs> thoughts on this song, guys? What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Cross-eyed Mary? It's a banger. It's, it's rock and roll. It's so good. It's like the, the beat is driving. The lyrics are good. And I mean, to me, I get off on like bands and artists. Like it's like you go watch 
Big J Okerson do a set of comedy like right now in his career when he's on fire, super confident, just kicks ass and the audience loves it. You're watching someone in their fucking prime just delivering it. That's where he is, Jethro Tull. That's where Ian Anderson is in this moment. He's in his fucking prime and he's delivering things at the highest level. And so like a song like this represents that. You know what I mean? It's true. (laughs) But don't you love that? You know what I mean? Thank you. That's a hundred percent. Facts. 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 What do you got, Jay? Yeah, that made me feel like the retarded girl prostitute <laughs> at my school. That's right. Aww. Let me be your acolyte. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. Uh, what, um, cool. song, what I love about this song, I'm a big fan of any, I like a, a big buildup in the beginning. That's why I said Aqua, uh, Locomotive Breath has the piano. Yes. Uh, that like slow growing piano. Like yeah. Killers by uh, Iron Maiden was always another one. Like the buildup to that is such like a fucking... Just like you see an arena, like how, it, how this opens up a show, you know, and everyone goes fucking nuts. And the way that, uh, not a uh, cross-eyed mare, I'm trying to think what the first, when it kicks in. Play the, uh, first part play like, yeah, play like 40, go to 45 seconds of cross-eyed Mary harp. Palm. Palmer, fuck. Palm. Palm. Harp. Go to like 45 seconds, we get a little bit of that pan flute when it kicks in. It's the same before this, like 45 seconds. Go to about 30 seconds. Go to the song before it, folks. Yes, yes. So good. Straight pan flute. This P.F. Chang's, dude. This, this is this is you know what this, this album reminds me of like Tool. Really? Like, I can see a lot of Tool coming from this record. Also, well, again, long songs. Long, you know, uh, like, that become musically different throughout the song. Throughout the whole song, the drummer's good. The the instrumentation, everything about this is just reminds me of Tool. There's Did a you, little David Bowie, like rocking Bowie, like glam Bowie in the voice. Yeah, like and oh, you for feel sure. that and that of, of that era, obviously. So you mentioned Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden covered this song and released it as a B side to their single, The Trooper. Wow, oh, really? So yeah, and I definitely Iron Maiden is just a much more heavier version of Jethro Jethro Tull. Tull. Yeah. All right, so Cheap Day Return. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that much, but all I wrote about it was this is a hobbit in a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> play 34 seconds into Cheap Day Return. Thanks, Palmer. Come on, Bob. We got commercial. So all right, kill that. That's fucking cat stuff. <laughs> this is so good. It's I like, love cat Stevens. For some reason, this is just like one of the Robin Hood tights. Yeah, right. so <laughs> prance around the old the old uh, bog with that one. All right, then you got wandering around. Uh, no, actually, I skipped over one. No, you know, I was writing a mother goose mm-hmm. and wandering uh, aloud and up to me. Which has, in, in my opinion, the best riff on the record. Play a minute and 25 of Up To Me. Thank you. I'm Thanks, sorry. Palmer. Thank you, Palmer. <laughs> Thank you, Palmer. Thank you, Palmer. Yeah, this, this is fucking great. All right, let's get to... 
I was gonna say the next one, my God, has the best pan flute solo on the record. Uh, and you can hear, I right, play that because this you can literally hear his rock breath. Play 326 of My God. And this is straight quest music. Let's hear it. <laughs> you gotta make a fucking stink face on it. You can hear the. <laughs> Dude, like 12 grasshoppers were killed to make this track. <laughs> All right. So so can we just There was say, so much spit flying uh, out of the back of that thing. I so, mean, just when he crawled like this, it just, just leaked out. Like a, just a gusher. Uh, uh, just gunk. Just, just gunked up. Just just. Gunk. So how good is how good is Gush. how good is Jethro Tull in Anchorman? Perhaps one of the funniest movies of all time. His flute solo in the middle, hilarious and yeah. amazing. And you're like Adam McKay doesn't and Will Ferrell don't choose to do that unless number one they fucking love it and number two it lands as a joke. It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're 100. Totally. All right, him 43. Uh, this the best is. Song. Definitely the most accessible song on the record. Uh, also probably one of the best bit, uh, riffs. Second of two singles released from the album, released three months apart. Uh, first single to chart in the United States at number 91 with Billboard Hot 100. Anderson described this track as a blues for Jesus about the gory glory seekers who use his name as an excuse for a lot of unsavory things. Uh... Yeah, and this is actually one of the only tracks uh, from the band that was downloadable on your fucking game, Rock Band 2. Ooh, there we go. That was Guitar Hero guy. They're playing. Fair. Thoughts on this song? Why do you guys love it so much? Like, what's... Um, tell me. It's like it's such like a great 70s rock. It's just like what takes you to a time and place. Do you know what I mean? Or, or more like an envy of time that I wasn't there for. It, it you know put, what I mean? Sucking on chili dogs outside the tasty food. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it puts a funk stank on rock and roll, and that to me like combines into something with like vocals first that makes you go get up and like dance. And I'll say this: I came to this song much later in life, like way later oh, yeah. after Aqualung. So like I heard this song, I'm like, what the fuck? Where is it? What? How do I not? How did I not know this song? Didn't get a ton of radio play in St. Louis, and so then I started listening to it. And I'm like, oh, this is my one of my maybe my favorite favorite Jethro Tull song ever. It's so good. It just is like, it's powerful. It's like him just like the flute is his cock and he's waving it around. It's just <laughs> fucking great. Cock flute. Cock flute. <laughs> cock flute. Uh, and then then my, my favorite song on the record, uh, I mean, there's so much I like, but I really just, I find Locomotive Breath. It's the best. The one that I constantly, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll get that, so you listen to a record, you listen to one song over and over and over again. I probably listen to this song 30 or 40 times it's i love the build the Dude, build jay, jay talked about it the, that piano thing in the build in the beginning is like it's if you've ever been on a train anywhere if you've ever been to like the fucking train out to long island and you're sitting in like the jamaica thing and there's just stuff's just waiting around and waiting around you see the yard and it's just kind of nothing's really happening and then it just starts to fucking go that's exactly what it is you're like, Man, 
and then they get in the song and it's like he's almost riding the wave of the song that he created with his vocals and it's so killer in the world. So our friends the greatest thing in the world. I wish you were out in LA when this happened, but for our birthday we've always done this and Josh is oh, yeah. too. So our friends have a karaoke RV. It's the greatest fucking thing in the world. So they're the best people in the world. They're beautiful. Kestrin Pantera and Jonathan Grubb, they're amazing. Married couple. They have a karaoke RV and they'll like park it somewhere and then we'll just invite all our friends to come out and for our birthday we'll just do a ton of do a ton of fucking drugs and then go like sing songs all night long. Dude, we last time we did PCP. Uh, it was oh, come incredible. On. heroin between our toes. <laughs> Angel dust. Guys. We, we, we butt chug NyQuil. <laughs> it was so good. So tons of scissor and then we just so Jay and I did look we've done locomotive breath on the uh, RV. RV and it is so good and our friend comes out with this like glow stick fake uh, flute. flute and he does like the flute John Bernstein behind us really like, solo <laughs> it's a, a banger in front of people too so alright play uh, I think because I just wrote this is a perfect song and then in big letters I just wrote perfect uh, play a minute and 20 uh, in locomotive breath man so good Thanks, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Palmer. Thanks for being right on Love it. Love you, Thanks Palmer. for not being Harper. I hate Harper. <laughs> Crank this all the way. In the shuffling madness of the locomotive breath. <laughs> all time loser. to his death. All right, now, now turn this down. Uh, do you guys hear? Do you guys hear? It's raining men in this. Yes. A little, yes. Do you hear? It's raining men. Yes. Get it's raining men ready right now, Pop. Uh, I, I think this is a, a phenomenal song. Uh, you can turn it off now, though. Um, and I'm I do try this one. I love the lyrics. This. Oh, that song. Picks up Gideon's Bible. Yeah, open to page one. Oh, For the God. first time in history, it's gonna start raining, man. Locomotive breath. Hallelujah, it's locomotive breath. Every day, I'm gonna get my lost a pedophile. Absolutely pedophile. God made Mother Nature. It's so good. Too slow down. Uh, Sticks covered this in in 2005 on the record Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is the most played song at Jethro Tull concerts, yeah. usually leading off the encore. I mean, yep. could you imagine oh, how God. fucking you've been waiting for it the whole show? Imagine so what on- you've been waiting through also. <laughs> A lot of fucking... I mean, Ian Anderson's one of those guys where he's like, well, I'm going to do the whole new album first. No, no need. Or Ian Anderson also feels like a guy that when there's a tragedy, he'll just write a bunch of music about it and start playing. We're like, hey, man, you can workshop that. You know what I mean? It's like when Neil, like there's a hurricane and Neil Young writes a bunch of songs about it. We're like, dude, just workshop it. We don't need to hear the story about the town where the levee broke and the. All right. All right. So let me ask you guys this because Jethro Jethro Tull claims that this isn't. This isn't a concept record. Mm. That's what they're saying. Yeah. But a lot of critics and fans insist that it is. What do you guys think? From what I you it was. Now? I, I don't know. I, I can see the argument both ways, but 
they definitely were writing from a perspective in this moment, and all the songs kind of came from the same place. Like, once you see Aqualung pop up in Cross-Eyed Mary, you're like, oh, well, there's a little thing right there. But if it would have to get pulled through another song. So I, I think, think there are some companion songs in here, but I think overall he's writing from a certain place, and this is where you are. And so it's not a concept album, but it fits very nicely together. I, th I think, not to cut you off, but I think musically this is a concept record. Well, I don't so think I was, lyrically. I was say that because the song, what it reminds me of is, you know, like uh, The Wall, which yeah, is a concept album, sure, obviously. Sure. But like uh, The Wall, like the, the the musical version of We Don't Need No Education yeah. is slowed down, sped up, and played in almost every one of the songs. Yeah. Like, uh, what was your song from? So I, I love. I'm trying to remember the song. Thinking of where it's like they have like the mm -hmm. we we don't need no education. Like dan 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 dan, it comes yeah. up all through oh, yeah. that album. Yes. So I think this song, like locomotive breath, reminds me a lot of cross of uh, well Aqualong. You know, it yeah. was and locomotive breath cross over to me in the sound of, of them. Yeah. In, that, yeah, in that kind of way. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Now, I well, first of all, this is the other thing, too, that I've been picking up on, and I want to see what you guys think, is like, do you feel this album has more of like an anti-authority vibe or a Christian hypocrisy vibe? Mm. God Ooh. damn. That's a great question. Bill, do you want to go first, Mr. Cosby? Uh, <laughs> Listen, I believe... Uh, no. Aqualong. I, I think... <laughs> probably more of an anti-authority. Uh, that... I don't know. They're, they're, God, man, that's such a hard question because if you make the church the authority, then it's kind of both, you know? Yeah. yeah. You kind of a cheat. You kill two birds with one. You kill two messiahs with I one cross. This, this album to me is about losers and just people who are on the outskirts and can't, like, get right. That's just what it feels like. It's like an album about all of them. If you were to, in the same way that, the, not to get too deep, that the show Transparent is about every different version version of a gay person, like every different type of person in that whole on that whole spectrum, I think that's what this is. This is a spectrum of losers and how they deal with their life. So you can't say this is a redemption album that we should take. All losers are going to be redeemed here, but it does feel like you're talking about them across an entire spectrum. And some are redeemable and some aren't. Yeah, yeah. Um I, it makes I, me want to uh, smoke pot with hemostat scissors. All right, all right. Did well, I say that? It's no. the pot. Yep. Sure. What, what drug best accompanies this album? What do you think? You guys think it's uh, smoking middies out yeah. of like a Coke can, mm -hmm. doing some Coke through some weird, crazy, mythical straw, mm -hmm. uh, good old-fashioned LSD, or my personal favorite, Three perk thirties and a bump of ketamine. Wow! Thank <laughs> you, mescaline. Yeah. Um, I think it's a weed to shoot up. And yeah, in a in a goofy way, the the, the scissors, uh, poke holes in a coke can. Yeah, uh, absolutely works. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Apple. Jeez. Apple. 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 Uh, apple pipe. I still make an apple bowl. Every hotel that I go to that has apples in the front desk, 
I grabbed two. One's becoming a bowl. The other one, You're sticking I'm going to eat when in. I didn't think oh, I, I wanted an apple in the middle of the night <laughs> after I smoked pot. I'm sorry. What about you? Apple here. <laughs> what about you guys? I would say drunk. Like I, th- this feels like like getting a little drunk and getting a little rowdy. I Off don't know. ale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like flat, flat British ale. I don't know. A warm pint of directors. <laughs> this to me is a jittery album. Like I think you're on cocaine or you're definitely on like speed or something. Like you're just kind of like ready to fucking. I don't know. And that's why I don't think I could listen to this on psychedelics. Like him last... 43 seems like a very big... Uh, this this sure. whole record, I, I think it would... You know, I don't want to say it would freak me out, but I, I just know that... Because maybe, maybe you could trip to this record because it comes out hard at certain points, but then right when you start feeling like it's going to get too crazy and you might have like a bad trip, it brings you down. And right. I remember taking LSD once and my buddies were listening to Wu-Tang and I was like, you got to turn this off. And then they put on Radiohead OK Computer and I was like, oh, OK, it's a lot sweet. Even though the lyrics in the Radiohead record are even scarier mm-hmm. than, than Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. It's all about being alone. It's all about, mm-hmm. you know, like electronics taking over shit like that. So... I would say, I would oh say, which God. is what happened. Yeah. Uh, which, but I would say definitely, definitely, if it was up to me, I'd say uh, three Perk 30s and a bump of Cat Tranquilizer. Wow. wow. Am I right? Yes. Folks. Um, all right. Favorite. She really gu- looked at you. She was like, You serious? <laughs> <laughs> Favorite guitar lick on this record? Oh. Jay, uh, what do you think? It's the, it's the classic Aqua Long. Yeah. I mean, the opening riff of the whole album is the... To me, I just love, and I know it's just like almost like a muted, almost like the guitar's not turned on, but locomotive breath, like... It sounds like a, like a motion of a locomotive. It really does, like, yeah. To me, like that just gets me going. No, yeah. it really does. I think so, too. I, it's I like not agree. a guitar solo. It's just like the rhythm of what it's it is. It's a driving guitar. Driving force. So do you guys think that this, in if you compare, this is such a weird question, but Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train mm-hmm. is kind of a spiritual successor to locomotive breath. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Crazy <laughs> Train to me is just more like... Like, locomotive breath is like, I got nothing to lose, and this is what's going on, and this train's going to fucking destroy everything in front of me. Well, if you want to be, if you want to actually show the difference, is that locomotive breath, the guy is on the train, and and it's going to shitsville for him, you know? And crazy train is we're off the rails and we don't know where we're going and it and seems more fun like yeah, crazy train's the... also a, i mean that's like a pop rock yeah I mean, that was so... his attempt at like getting something popular on radio right it and wasn't that... it wasn't even like uh, like ozzy's heart like locomotive breath's like a fucking a blood and gut song i don't think crazy train was so the I song think locomotive did. breath comes from your heart and like deep in the pit of your soul and crazy train comes from your dick so that's right. what I would describe it. Right 100%. from the middle of your dick. Yeah. I will say for the record that my favorite Jethro Tull guitar riff of all is uh, The Teacher. The Teacher is so good. So good. All right, so some random facts about this record. Uh, this album, I don't know if you guys know, but they released a new Rolling Stone magazine list of the 500 greatest albums in September of 2020. Yep. This did not make the list. Make the list. Wow! For the 2020 Ooh, version, really? What, let's let's think what albums beat it out. It if you if you looked Rita at the list, yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah. If you if you see that list, they made it for an audience that does not read Rolling Stone. That's right. 
I mean, right. it's there's every Drake album's on there. Sure. And, and listen, if I'm uh, so. Uh, if, in stewing and shit like that, if I were Jethro Tull, I'd want to know. Do they know who took the place where their album was? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, so The real McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd have to look it up. Hold on. Another night, another uh, let me, let me check. Oh, you know what? It's everywhere. Okay, again. Greatest we get to, nothing like going through a Google search on a podcast. Dude, usually I have a guy. Um, uh, the new list uh, coming in at this number was Stevie Wonder, Music of My Mind. It's no, good. It's not so. fair. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, actually, uh, here, I got it right here because that was, that was at 350. Ray. That was, was <laughs> Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Oh, oh, stop it. Fair. Totally fair. Totally fair. No. At number 337 was. Bob Dylan, John Wesley Harding. Dude, that's, but then this is what's crazy looking at this be, new list. There better be higher Bob Dylan albums up that ladder. Brian, Brian Eno, Another Green World, which is on the, the 2012 list, the one that I'm working yeah. off of, which was in like the, the 400s, moved down to 338. It, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Like that this new, I mean, if you guys saw, they also released the 500 greatest songs. Mm-hmm. And in number seven, and me and Wayne Fetterman talked about this for like 20 minutes, was Get Your Freak On. By Missy Elliott oh. in number seven. It's a good song, but it is not number seven. And by the way, I'm not a person who's like the only good songs have to be made 40 years ago. I do believe that great songs have been made more recently, but that song, a great song, should not be number seven. No, I don't. I don't agree. Also, if you listen to this record on Spotify, uh, Dark Lord Spotify, you uh, they at the end, the final track, they have uh, basically. Uh, interview with Ian mm. and he goes through the whole record and, and what amazing. he explains is that while they were recording this record he was like we thought this was going to be a mess because the production he was like until it got to the mixing yeah. like the mixing whoever mixed this record saved. saved this album because Ian was literally like I feel like we're just wasting our time because they were recording and recording they're also recording it in the new studios of Island Records in London uh, Led Zeppelin was down the hall oh recording God. their fourth record oh, at the same time could you imagine oh how fucking God. cool that would have been? Incredible. And then they walk by. And there's like, also some guy who was just like, you know, answering, the, you know, the phones <laughs> and stuff. Hey, Mr. Blaine, you have a call on line one. Here's your new flute, Mr. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned all the spit out of your flute. It was quite gunky. There's a lot of gunk in there. What'd you, have, what'd you have for lunch? It was really stuck in there. What was that? Corned beef and cabbage? Um, believe it or not, the two studios at the horrible, cold, echoey facilities, according to Ian Anderson, Jethro Tull got the larger studio of the two. Boom. And he's originally the main body of a church that was converted into a recording studio, Amazing. which actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, Ian says this about it being a concept record. He said, I always said at the time that it's not a concept record. It's just an album of varied songs, varied instrumentation and intensity, which three of the four are the kind of keynote pieces for the album, but it doesn't make it a concept record. So he's saying they all have a certain flow to it, but it's just... That's what we if, say. I think that's what's kind of cool about this album, though, and about music in general, is that when we listen to it, we're like... This is one cohesive piece. Right. It's just like watching somebody's stand-up set. You watch their hour, set, and you're like, and you're like a whole hour. that's a whole hour. But it's literally this joke I wrote yeah. five years ago, this I wrote here, that's and right. it just, you know, the way uh, we fashion it. We see what we want to see. They don't want to hear that. It's okay. All right. Fuck that. That ain't my process. 
So we could, I got some stuff about the cover. Do we want to know about that? Or are you guys interested? Or Are you? We might have to go. We you might have, have to go? To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's just do the final. Let's get okay. us out of here, okay? Yeah, sorry. All right, so here we go. Okay. Final questions. Yes. How big is Ian Anderson's dick? No, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Flute. <laughs> Favorite song on the record? Go. Uh, him 43. Uh, Locomotive Breath. Favorite song on the album? Yeah. Maybe Cross-Eyed Mary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Least favorite song on the record? Jesus. I don't know. Like, I would say, like, Slipstream. Yeah, that was what I was going to Slipstream or My God, those are just not my yeah, jam. Those ones. <laughs> and then the other ones that aren't the four I love. <laughs> Maybe up to me. I don't know. Fine. Jay? How about Wind Up, Jay? Yeah, okay, fuck great. that song. That's yeah, those guys are dicks. The album closer? Yeah. Mother Goose. <laughs> Mother Goose. Okay, okay no, I'll fine. take that. All right, okay. my favorite question. What song on this record would you fuck to? Oh, God. Oh, oh. I, once again, Locomotive Breath. It, yeah. gives you, it gives you some motion. That's right. I'd say Cross-Eyed Mary. Yeah, lo- locomotive breath. Locomotive breath coming in at four minutes and twenty three seconds. That's yeah, all I that's need. Good. Three oh. minutes to spare to relax <laughs> I'm, afterwards. I'm I'm wandering aloud coming in at one fifty three. I try to come before the song kicks in. That's right. I come during the piano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. You finish there and you get to lay back. Yeah. All right. Last song. Uh, last question. Uh, does this deserve to be on the five of the greatest albums list? And and main real question is why is it important? And uh, why is it important to be heard by a next generation? It absolutely belongs on the 500 greatest list. Absolutely. Uh, Ian Anderson was a truly musical genius doing something interesting and different. We haven't seen flute really come out since that point. Certainly in rock and roll, there does not exist. Rock and roll doesn't exist really anymore. So the fact that like... Yeah, Lizzo's the black uh, Ian Anderson. Right, sure. sure. I've always said that about those two. It's hard to... I always mix the two of them up. Uh, <laughs> I dump my flute out. So, but I mean, so. dude, that's one time I gotta say this. What me and Jay were, he had an Airbnb and like on La Brea, and we were stuck in the garage and we well, can't it's get out. We should say while we're doing it, it's just that song was just playing Over. a lot. I think in New York cabs it was always playing. Yeah, like, it was yeah. some sort of the commercial that was running. Sure. So I didn't even know. Lizzo or anything, I just knew. It's so we're stuck in. We the, didn't know any of the words. We just knew how it went. And me and Josh, you know, Josh is very uh, a singy guy, so we just start. <laughs> we just do that a lot, and we're just bullshitting bored over the course of the day. And then we get stuck at the Airbnb's parking lot, and like the the button for the, <laughs> the gates clicker won't work. Yeah, it's not working. And we sit there for 15 minutes, and we're like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know who to call or what to do. Or anything. I go. One more, and, like, and just start opening, and we both go, <laughs> I took my hair, check my hair, check my nail, baby, I'm ready. <laughs> Jay, what do you think? Why do you think uh, the younger I think it generation definitely, definitely belongs on the list, definitely should be heard by future generations. I believe this, you know, they were among the top bands that were making special music that, in my opinion, expanded beyond the bounds of what was what else was being made. That sort of, in my opinion, could could last beyond that. Like time. if it came out today, it'd be super fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. If it'd be super Indian cool. If someone wrote Aqualung or a six minute and thirty second song, you'd be like, "What is that song? Why does Sirius XMU play it all the time?" Like yeah. they'd be indie cool, and I think they're still cool. So I think it's worth listening to. Yeah, I think they can't. Like my daughter, you know, you guys have kids too. You show music to, I'm sure. That's all like the time. that's one of those songs. 
that pulls them at like when they're younger that pulls them out of just their music to go it's like okay it's it's undeniable that's yeah. a good way to call it it's okay. undeniable music so you can play it that's why I said it transcend tools another band like that too I thought I've showed uh, black friends it doesn't matter like everyone like likes do you know what I mean? Everyone, even if, they're not that, if it's not their music at all, you go, ah, that's pretty cool. And I think that it pulls like people into something that goes, oh, I'll, maybe I'll check out this kind of music. It got yeah. my daughter, that kind of music got my daughter not to be like afraid to listen to classic rock, that some of it might be pretty fucking cool. I, I can't agree with you guys more. I, I can't believe I came into this record thinking I was going to hate it and immediately fell in love with it. This is a record that I'll continue listening to for the rest of my life. Uh, I think it's almost perfect aside from a few tracks. Uh, I, I can definitely hear who it influenced, and I love all of those bands. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have to give this 4.2 fleeces out of five. Hey. Yeah, 4.2. It's a couple tracks that are whatever, but the ones that are good are fucking bangers. Ladies and gentlemen, a big round of applause for Randy Sklar, Jason Sklar, and Big J Okerson. Thank you for coming out. You packed house. Yes. Sold out. Grab your pan flute on the way out. Look under your seats. Everyone's got a pan flute. You get a pan flute. You get a pan flute. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Big J Okerson on all social media at Big J Okerson. Listen to The Bonfire. Listen to Legion of Skanks. Go to at Sklar Brothers on all social media and supersklars.com for their website and listen to Dumb People Town. Listen to View from the Cheap Seats. Listen to everything they do. They're good friends of mine and I love them. All right, listener shout out. Oh, I kind of already gave it. David Steiner. I love you, David. Keep making that art, you old hippie. All right, new music this week. We got Bent Knee. Uh, they are really inspired by Jethro Tull, and you're listening to their song Invest in Breakfast off their new record, Frosting, from Take This to Heart Records. And you can find the links on the website, the500podcast.com. Next week, it's a special one. Radiohead, let's do it in rainbows. It's a biggie. Uh, do you should.
Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Next Chapter Podcasts.